This is Two Jerks, One Vote, Jerkatorium doing reviews of Nur Ein songs, and for this podcast, Chumpy and Ryan review the Nur Ein 14 Round 1 songs entitled Shock Value. You never thought you'd have to write a song with some traffic sounds and a cameo from your mom, but it's two in a week and it better be strong or else you're gonna get eliminated. You never thought you'd have to write a song in 11-8 talk about the first round yeah excuse me do you want to talk about the zeroth round zeroth yeah round zero vowel sounds one which is great they had a wonderful wonderful song uh very very strong uh that that was the one about the ouija board and uh yeah just fantastic very well deserved win a shame that there's no benefit to it other than the bragging rights i guess yeah you know yeah they don't get immunity for round one and uh, not that I think they need it, you know, <laughs> their round one song. Don't want to get too far ahead, but it, it was also fantastic. So, yeah. Max Bombast came in second, which I think was also well-deserved. Absolutely. Yeah. With one hand tied behind his back or maybe two hands. We're not sure. <laughs> For that one, it might have been two. But uh, I think that we'll see coming up that my conspiracy theory was wrong. But yeah. <laughs> Also, la- last week's initial rant was pointless. Uh, totally all, pointless. Uh, yeah, all five judges reviewed all 25 songs. And, well, mostly. Uh, one of the judges kind of just declined to review any of the songs that uh, didn't have lyrics posted. And there was a long discussion about that in the boards. I'm trying to get back into the habit of reading the boards. And I'm still not very good at it. But, um, but yeah, I did notice that some of that stuff was up there. But yeah, also all of the rankings are attributed this time around, which is fantastic. And I hope that continues on forever. Nice. We can pat ourselves in the back. I feel like we had something to do with that. Well, maybe. Who knows? I think it's great. I think we weren't the only ones calling for it. Also, we kind of mentioned when we came on that that's what we were going to do anyway. So maybe he just wanted to get a jump on this whole sort of a notion anyway. He meaning Nivius. Uh, he's got great judgment with all of that. Anyway. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's great, but it also makes me feel silly about uh, going off on it last week for as long as I did. But that's all in the past. Uh, We can look forward to round one shock value songs with uh, the title shock value and with a challenge of dynamics. Soft parts, loud parts. Give us both. Yeah. And uh, it's 23 songs this week. So that's two forfeits. That was uh, the Fisher and Diaz and also Pig Farmer Jr. forfeited. And if I understand properly, that means there will be three eliminations this round. And uh, I don't know about you, but it's not 100% clear to me who will not make it through to the next round. You know, there weren't any like really, really clear losers. There's a lot of great songs 
and a lot of songs that may not have been great, but were still really, really good. But it's going to be difficult to rank these. Yeah, the competition's fierce both at the top and at the bottom. Yeah. Also, here's a coincidence. In Neurine 13 last year, round zero had 25 submissions, just like this year. And round one had two forfeits, just like this year. Stop. I'm calling an exorcist. This is Wait. creepy. Not yet. Not yet. Because also the exact same numbers uh, were there for Neurine 4 for both round zero and round one. And also the exact same numbers were there for Neurine 3 for both round zero and round one. So, uh, yeah, just try and tell me the Illuminati is not behind this. You know, <laughs> Neurine 3 and 4 and then Neurine 13 and 14. Worldly Self-Assurance won Neurine 3, and they're sort of a cousin band to Marison, the winners of Neurine 13. And Frankie Bigface won Neurine 4, and he's competing again in Neurine 14. So maybe he can fulfill this numerology conspiracy fever dream. Yeah. Uh, for... Are you going to add the uh, Milgram experiment into that conspiracy theory? Oh, my goodness. That was so weird. So weird. Um we're getting Somebody, ahead of ourselves a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Should we start off? Yeah, I will start out with Abominominus. Road rugged, weathered warning, left a lazy in infrared. Memory is the fog of law, afflicting estimates. Eroded gradual with windfall legends blinding. Huey Rubens, picture disc, not as rare as you think it is. And I have to give Ryan credit for telling me what this song was about because I was too dense to get it. Like the first three times I listened to it, I was like, oh, come on. Where is shock value? I'm not getting the shock value. And Ryan had to tell me, like, it's about the singer being shocked about the lack of value that their music collection would sell for in the marketplace, which yeah. is, you know, you know, once he said that, I got it. There's references to all of these songs. My favorite one is the nice day for an off-white wedding, which I thought was a really cool line, but I just didn't get it. But yeah, in the context of selling your music collection, everything became a lot clearer. And I had this whole rant about how the lyrics were just word salad and how could I judge if they did anything useful with the title with word salad lyrics. And I'm glad Brian stopped me from sounding like an idiot. Uh. Uh, you you still uh, brought it out here right now, so yeah, you could have kept it hidden. I wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> still an idiot. But uh, I I really love this song. You know, I even liked it when I didn't know what the lyrics meant and I thought they were just you know delicious word salad. Yeah. Uh, I like you know sometimes all the elements drop out except for the guitar and some drums and sometimes the singer is obviously singing louder or quieter in different spots. So there's great dynamics, and the dynamics don't screw up the song. It's not like, you know, I feel like some people may have been a bit thrown by the challenge, and they tried to do too much with it, and it ended up impacting their song. And I can hear Glennie on the boards just going, this is what happens when you pick a bad challenge. But, you know, I we didn't tell people to let dynamics screw up their song. And a lot of people use them in ordinary ways, which I think is good. 
But anyway, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I really like this song. I thought musically it was really great, and it, it was a great way to start it off. Yeah, there was like you're mentioning, there was a lot of variety in the amount of dynamics and the way that they approached it. Uh, I mean, like all of the different bands for this round. And so, like, even when, you know, unfortunately, like, we might have one song right after the other where one really, really did it very, very blatantly and the other one maybe not quite as uh, as thoroughly. But all in all, it's it was kind of hard to, to judge because of that. And so I gave pretty much everybody a pass. And then just uh, I'll just sort of, like, uh, talk about when somebody really, really brought it for yeah. the dynamics. But yeah. And I thought that uh, uh, Abominominus did a great job uh, with the dynamics too. So all in all, it's a super duper song. And, you know, I'm a bassist at heart. So I like that riff in there. And I'm also a backing vocalist at heart. So I appreciate those backing vocals were in there. I heard those and uh, those were really cool and really good. The obtuse lyrics were neat. I mean, such a interesting way of kind of saying things I remember from, you know, the Round Zero song, they did a great job with that, too, which is very, very interesting and intricate kind of, you know, lyrics. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So I was very happy that with That bass song. riff was great, right? It was like kind of this slappy sort of thing. Sounded really cool. Yeah. Really fast, too. Like yeah, it was hard really, to play. Really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Agony Sauce. You know, it had this cool 60s, 70s groove, and even though I like the melody, it's not incredibly interesting. But it's such a great performance that it doesn't matter that it's maybe not the most interesting of melodies. It's charming, it's groovy, it's fun, and it's still very Glenn Case, by which I mean it's engaging and, you know, high quality, uh, both in composition and performance. And uh, I thought it was great dynamics and cool lyrics. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a very enjoyable song. And I think just sort of on the enjoyable meter, probably more enjoyable than his Round Zero song. It's a little more, I don't know, it's funner, I guess. Yeah, uh, I love the way Glenn sings in this song. Like he is really going for it. and He just belts it out. And there's one place where he's kind of far away from the mic and he's singing just as loud as he can. And uh, just it's really satisfying the way he belts it out on the chorus. The lead guitar playing in this in this song is fantastic. I think that's Mo, which is a collaborator with Glenn. Really great. Yeah, it's that second verse where Glenn is far away from the mic. So 
and it's like a reasonably quiet part, but it's obvious that he's singing super loud, although it's still quiet, which I thought was really kind of a cool way of thinking about dynamics. You also notice there was some spelling at the end, just tacked on for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if someone's going to just add a challenge every time and just, you know, have them be cumulative <laughs> on each song. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eyes open for that. Our ears open. <laughs> I love the electric organ also at the end, which I thought sounded amazing. And the, the way the guitar trills off into silence at the end was also a really nice touch. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this song. I liked it a lot. So, next up, we've got Berkeley Social Scene. The crowd is on their feet, close to the stage, feel the heat, amplifiers, roaring at 11, six strings straight to heaven. You know we're the best, so far I don't know if you know this about me, but I love post-punk music and the bass tone and riff right off the top with that sort of angular, sharp guitar playing in the right channel. It sounds like a Gang of Four song or something to me, and I'm really into it when it first comes on. I just love the music in this song. And I wish that the lyrics were just not kind of braggy and sort of lazy. I would have liked it better if they tried to say something interesting rather than just, oh my God, we're so rock and roll and we're so badass. And, you know, they didn't try to shoehorn a bend the knee line in the title just so they could compete yeah. in song fight. Um, that's annoying. I'm not going to ding them for it, but I am annoyed by it. Yeah. Uh, but the music is seriously good. Love the guitars. Love the bass. Lunkhead singing is really good. And, you know, this is a marathon, so not a sprint. They can leave some of their lyrical good stuff for later rounds. But, yeah, I just felt they phoned it in on the lyrics a little bit. And I think I've heard this theme from them before. The dynamics of the song are good. The section where it's just the bass and drums are really nice and the chorus pops like it should. You know, it's another good way of using dynamics in an ordinary way without messing up the song. And we didn't need to encourage these guys to use dynamics. They use them anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really like that uh, opening sort of groove made up of the disparate, you know, separate spurts of instrumentation that, you know, on their own would be very sparse, but come together for that jumpy rhythm section, which is which is really cool. I, I just like that a whole lot. And I like the whole song a lot. It's good and energetic and catchy. But then that tacked on bend the knee comes in and it's not bad. And I might think different if I wasn't aware of song fight. Uh, but, you know, that part came on and I'm like, oh, give me a goddamn break. Really? You know, it's tacked on and it's gratuitous. Now, again, it's not bad. It doesn't sound bad, but it's distracting. But again, it's only distracting because I know about song fight. Uh, I'm going to do my best to avoid considering that uh, kind of minor annoyance uh, in my ratings because, you know, really, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Again, there's nothing wrong with doing sort of a song that crosses both of song fight and Nurein, but just that I don't know. I'm already annoyed for the song fight because that's obviously sort of just tacked onto the end. It's yeah. not intrinsic to the rest of the song. I you know I wish I could be apart from it and just judge this on its own merits. And I will do my best. I'm, again, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try my best not to let this bring it down in the rankings because the rest of the song's great. 
the the uh, the verses uh, are wonderful, and that rhythm section is wonderful, and I like the dynamics. So it's all good. So why not you know rank them uh, right up there where they deserve to be? And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep that in mind when I do the rankings. I haven't done my rankings yet. <laughs> Me either. All right. Well, let's move on to Bafo Yucks dudes. I stretch tight against the straps. His rapt attention starts to relapse. The sheets now hold a lake of sweat. Pain stabs me like a bayonet. One way or another, I'll be out of here tonight. I don't recall signing the note. The room grew dark and This sounds like a really new sound for Bafo Yucks Dudes. I know, know, that was the first line of my notes as well. This does not sound like the Bafo Yucks Dudes. Yeah, yeah. And and then I don't mean this to sound like a backhanded compliment, but, you know, it's really impressive. Uh, I like the old Bafo Yucks stuff, too. You know, the other stuff that they've done, the rest of their their catalog. But, uh, but, you know, this one's really impressive. The lyrics are pretty dramatic, if maybe a little on the nose. There are a bunch of songs in this round with a kind of dramatic uh, theatrical presentation. And this is the first on that list, I think, uh, alphabetically. I thought that counter melody uh, at the end is a really good touch. And uh, the dynamics are definitely there after the first verse. The melody throughout, though, is too repetitive, uh, I think, because it just ends up sort of being the same... It was reminiscent of me, the same sort of pattern throughout both the chorus and then the next verse and then the chorus following that. And then, of course, the counter melody is a little bit different, but I just thought it was a little repetitive going into the second, you know, full half of the song. Right. I thought the verses may have been a bit on the quiet side, like, you know, maybe they're trying a little bit too hard with the dynamics. There's definitely a pop between the verse and the chorus, so they've achieved what they were going for there. But yeah, I felt the verses maybe a touch too quiet. There's also this weird digital beep sound or a feep sound that is uh, part of the rhythm track. And it's I guess it's interesting, but I'm not sure how I felt about it. It took me out a little bit. The lyrics are pretty well written if, you know, on the nose. But I got to give them props for going outside of their comfort zone and, you know, doing something unexpected. So I, I certainly like that aspect of the song. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Faster Jackalope. I could get piercings in every pore. You would applaud my style. Get face tattoos of black pentagrams. You think I'm going mild. Those old rebellions are just memes without humor. There's no shock value. On this one, there were definitely reasonable changes in dynamics between the verse and chorus. Glennie knows how to do this without killing the song. Again, this wasn't a challenge for a lot of people. 
I like the conversation back and forth between the child and the father. Although it's weird to think a father who would be applauding their child's use of, like, facial tattoos and pentagrams. So I, I'm not sure I bought it all. It just seemed a little bit weird. But uh, the music is all top-notch, and I think the chorus sounds great, and it really rocks. So it's like a the chorus is my favorite part of the song, which is how it should be. I, I think the abrupt ending was handled well. Like, I think the, uh, the ending ends on the line... Uh, will be the death of me and then the song just immediately dies uh, which I thought was a cool touch yeah I like this this is Glenny singing yeah I don't know what else to say about this I'm a little I'm out <laughs> okay all right uh, yeah it's, it's a Glenny heavy entry from Faster Jackalope and it's really good it's great performances and a great strong lead vocal from Glenny there's uh, some really nice wows in that uh, guitar line and uh, of course wow is a technical term for when the lead guitar goes wow 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 <laughs> and um you know, the one problem, though, is those percussion cameos are, uh, you know, mixed way too loud, especially I think that triangle or whatever that was. Uh, it's not a huge deal breaker, but, you know, you got to keep in mind that we're going to be ranking great songs that people should not be eliminated for against other great songs that people should not be eliminated for. So especially in the later rounds, we'll be scrutinizing this kind of stuff for reasons to ding bands, but I'm not dinging them on this either. And uh, oh, yeah. And and um Pun not intended, but I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, so a lovely, wonderful song. The one complaint I had was that uh, that triangle. And I think Woodblocks also later, just very shortly afterwards in the same kind of section. All right. Uh, next we got Frankie Big Face. I don't want to punish people for doing unusual music, but this didn't work for me so well. Like, I get it. Uh, I just don't want to listen to it, you know. Except for kind of the guitar noodling, this is what I call one-finger music, meaning you, you get the arpeggiator and the synth sounds and a drum machine set up, and you can play the whole song with one finger. And that's fine if it's also something tuneful that I'll want to listen to. Now, Frankie Big Face has a great singing voice and he's famous for his wonderful melodies, but this has none of that. And I'm not interested in what it does have. You know, I love Frankie Big Face, but this is going to rank low for me and because uh, you can't rest on your laurels that way. Wow. You know, you and I, I think have opposite opinions on this. I really liked this. I thought wow. the spoken word stuff was well done. It reminds me of Was Not Was or MC 900 Foot Jesus. I thought the backing music was good. Like, it made me kind of feel like I wanted to move a little bit. So I thought the backing music was pretty effective. The spoken word stories were interesting and, you know, a bit disturbing. 
there was this one verse where there were two overlapping shocking stories at once that I thought was muddled and didn't really work very well. I'm not sure that was a success. But I like the music a lot. The guitars and the synth I thought worked well together. The fade in with just the synth and the voices works well. It's like a way to get some cheap dynamics in the beginning, but I thought that was sort of phoning it in on the dynamics part of the challenge. That was like one criticism I had. But overall, I liked the song. It might have been nice to hear Frankie singing, but I thought the, sp the spoken word bit, this was some of the most compelling spoken word bit in this competition so far. Uh, I uh, I feel like we could have done this in college and we might have done this in college. And that's perhaps one of the meanest things I've ever said about a song. <laughs> we weren't that terrible. <laughs> you, you haven't heard it. <laughs> Not recently. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of spoken word, let's talk about Grumpy Mike. song where I think the spoken word bits just dinged the song. Mike said that they needed to be in there to further the story, but I think they would have been better without it. I just I didn't really didn't really care for them and they took me out of the song when I heard them. And you know, I think it made me dislike the character a little bit more. I guess that they're supposed to be schmarmy, but it just made me dislike the character. Sometimes you're better off not trying to explain the song on the boards when you write your lyrics. Mike says the song is about an edgelord. And an edgelord is somebody who likes to say something edgy or shocking just to sound cool, to elevate themselves somehow. And this phrase originates from the darkest, cruelest parts of the internet, like 4chan and something awful. When I hear that phrase, I think also the, the phrase virtue signaling which is one of those terms I can't hear it without suspecting the motives of the person who said it. Um, it's just used by the worst kind of internet trolls. So already I'm just like not liking this song. Just I, you know, I hear that word edge lord, and it just sets me off. So anyway, if I try to disregard all that stuff, I still like this song. I like the '90s feel. There's a great dynamic pop between the verse and the chorus. And I don't feel like anything the singer is saying is shocking. It's maybe dumb. It's maybe silly, but I don't really get the shocking part of it there. Uh, the chorus reminds me of the bit of this band called Dynamite Hack from the 90s, who had a hit with Easy es Boys in the Hood, which was done up all white boy 90s pop rock style, which I kind of got from the chorus. You know, it's about riding, you know, through the hood with your Impala or whatever, which is, you know, something white kids, I guess, do. But anyway, that was my feelings on this song. It's a good song, but it just parts of it just kind of set me on edge. I thought it was like Nerf Herder and Weezer meet Weird Al. You know, the the kind of uh, some of the vocal delivery reminded me a bit of Weird Al. 
Uh, I, I like Weird Al, and I love Nerf Herder and Weezer, so you'd think that would be a great combo, but it just sort of didn't come together as well as I wanted to in this song. It's got great dynamics and good music, and, you know, it's got good melodies, the way that Nerf Herder and Weezer make good melodies. But the main feature of this song is the lyrics, and I don't know, you know, do I just not understand humor anymore? It's like, <laughs> ha ha ha, get it? This guy is an edgelord, and here's a list of semi-ridiculous and or lame things. You know, I feel like Homer Simpson attacking his TV during Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> Stupid TV, be more funny. You know. It's because I like funny songs. I just thought there weren't any real laughs in this one, uh, but good music. So, yeah. So it's still, you know, going to be ranked relatively well, I guess, on my list. All right. Next, we got inflatable vegetables. Shocking people used to be so easy and absurd. A fifth of jack profanities and rock and roll. Fishnets, leather, makeup, and dead babies. Chop my head off at the end of every show. Shock value. Shock value. Shock value. Shock ain't got much value anymore. Not the most effective use of dynamics in this fight, but definitely has them. You know, they're definitely there. He's clearly going for a sound like Alice Cooper in a song about Alice Cooper. And I was never a huge fan of Alice Cooper. And I think that Inflatable Vegetables emulates the style enough that my boredom with Alice Cooper kind of carries over into this song. The lyrics are fine. Very topical for, you know, what he's going for. The dynamics are pretty slight in comparison to the other bands, but still, it's it's like I'm not going to ding him on that. Yeah, it, it was not one of my favorites. Yeah, I got, definitely got the Alice Cooper vibe. He sort of hit us on the head with it. I thought some of his voice acting, you know, to try to assume that Alice Cooper personality was pretty good. I like the lyrics a little bit. Like, there's this line, I changed my addiction from alcohol to golf, which is, you know... I guess kind of funny, but also kind of factual and so very Alice Cooper. My favorite part in this song was after this line, run for president, you can vote for me. Like this horn plays the melody to hail to the chief, which is cheesy, but I loved it. Like, I don't know. I thought that was cool. Uh, That was probably my favorite part in the song. I wasn't really sold on it musically. It didn't really do it a lot for me, but I thought the lyrics were interesting. And I'm just happy when someone uses the title in a chorus hook. It's like, thank you. Was that so hard? Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Lycanthroat. Fog and mud obscure the streets, wrapping all in autumn chill. Eyes are downcast, no one greets. Fellow men on Holborn Hill. In the rag and bottle shop lives the greedy Mr. Crook. Hoarding things, leathers drop, stacking papers, trash and books.
melodies in the verse i thought his phrasing and timing in the first verse and later verses was actually pretty good the doubles are tight and the contours of the vocal melody are more defined than usual i think so i feel like there's more improvements from lycanthrope that are in this song which i which is encouraging and i like that there are definitely some parts that are quieter than others but it sounds like his MIDI instrumentation is all set to a volume of like 127 throughout the entire song. So it's not like things are being played softer and quieter. It's just that, you know, parts of instrumentation drop out. So it, you know, it is quieter during certain parts because of that. I feel like that's, you know, that's dynamic, I guess, but it would be nice if like the instruments were you know, they sound different when they're softer. They're not just quieter. They have a slightly different sound to them. So I, I wish that he would have played around with the dynamics a little bit more. But uh, yeah, a decent song from Lycanthrope. And uh, it's encouraging to hear more of his vocal improvements over time. Let's pull up the waveform so that our video podcast viewers... Uh, no, I'm kidding. I kind of feel like I could cut and paste most of my Lycanthrope reviews here too you know brilliant lyrics you know bleak house by dickens i i mean who else would write such a very specific kind of a crazily interesting and uh wonderfully literate and specific and very very well written song yeah it so, makes yeah. me think i should read it <laughs> yeah yeah why not it's it's a classic so as along with the rest of his body of work so yeah brilliant lyrics vocal pitch issues as usual a limited palette of instrumental sounds better than usual though uh, he's he keeps on getting better with it you know i can hear him improving but i feel like he needs some sort of like Coonian revolution before his music is more enjoyable to the masses you know there needs to be some big shake up something that happens that he realizes oh wait i could i should be doing this that makes it more digestible and yeah, I include myself among those masses that wants to hear something a little bit more, maybe a little less stilted or something. I don't know exactly what I'm going at, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. I do. Yeah. Wonderful lyrics, good use of dynamics, and that's about it. You can just cut and paste that from a previous review. Yeah, why not? All right. Uh, Lucky Spoon. Come home. Come home. You're not fit. To do this alone And I'd know That you'd be better Among your own Come home Come home The road you've traveled Is long and worn But what you're searching for Is what I've always known Relax, old man, chill out, I got this You're kind of past your time And I don't need your silly words I assure myself just fine I've been far away too long I found new friends that think that I'm special This is another very theatrical piece uh, could have been clipped from a rock musical, I think, or or it might be a rock musical unto itself. It's a complete story, really. It's so much better than his Round Zero song. It made me really happy to hear it. 
obviously it just nails the dynamics, but somehow I, I don't love this song. Despite its ambition and its great storyline and the great performance, you know, it isn't catchy. Uh, still, I think I'm going to have to rate it higher than my gut says because of the ambition and because of the great quality performance and the composition and the thought that went into it, which was obviously a lot. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think I'm going to have to rate it higher than my gut tells me to rate it just because of all of the work and quality that I can see in it. Yeah, I know that you, uh, you're a big fan of backing vocals and some of his backing vocals are really good. Some of them are sung quietly, and some of them he just belts them out. So yeah. I really liked just the singing in this. is all really good, so the performances are top-notch. See, And, you know, he builds the dynamics well by adding instruments slowly. There's definitely a bang from the verse to the chorus. I guess I keep coming back to people just not doing a lot with the title. Like, the word home appears ten times in the song. The word shock appears twice. It's I feel like it's like a fuck you judges. I didn't like your title. So I'll write a song which is obviously called Come Home and throw in shock a few times in the bridge for plausible deniability. Like, I know this is a bad attitude to have and I'm not going to seriously ding him for this, but I'm starting to feel like I want to do that. Like, come on. The song is not called Come Home. It's called Shock Value. And if you okay, ask yeah, 10 well, people on the street what it's called, they're not going to say it's Shock Value. Yeah, well, it does sound like something that Matchy Matchy would do and then complain if we got dinged about it from the judges. You know, it's uh, there is sort of this tradition of going into Nurain and trying to subvert the title. This is not the same sort of thing. Usually people do terrible puns. But yeah, no, I, I, I can see... I, I'm sorry, I'm uh, ambushing your... <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm kidnapping your, your review here. But, but so, this didn't bug you. No, I don't think so, because the topic of the song was very clearly, okay, yeah, definitely about somebody coming home, and it should have been named Coming Home, but the one character was all about kind of the shock value, even if it didn't like explicitly go into it all that much. You know, he was just talking about shock value. Yeah, you're you're turning me around on this song <laughs> in the in the bad way. So yeah, I should have done my rankings before I came into this. All right. Well, anyhow. Yeah, I'm not so going to dig him for that because it. it's a re, it's a good song, and yeah, you know. But in the future, I would just like people to like do something with the title. We gave you the title for a reason. Do something with it. Yeah. And you know. That leads us right into Mandibles, who did something awesome with the title. Mr. Milgram, here I am, unstuck from the traffic jam. What am I to do and say to get the experiment underway? Just ask questions, piece of cake. What happens if there's a mistake? Turn it up to two. wrote a song about the Milgram experiment, which if you don't know about, is this experiment to see just how far people will be influenced to do terrible things by authority figures telling them to do terrible things. 
what I really like about this song is how they use Cybronica in this song. Like, Cybronica is the voice of authority in this song, and her, like, super powerful vocals are used to, like, cajole you to, you know, turn up the shock value to, like, 11 and give this guy a massive dose of electricity because it's fine because he's still alive. Yeah, she makes a great oppressor, just the power of her voice and her authority. And I thought, like, all three vocalists, you know, had a part to play in this sort of drama that they set in the song, which I thought was awesome. Like, there's a new person. I think her name is Estefonia. She's another voice in the Mandibles group now. And she uh, she had some great wailing on the part of the person who's in the electric chair, who is not exactly, not really subject to being shocked, but the person who the subject of the experiment is doesn't know this. Her vocals in this, I think, are great. And Truth's vocals as the kind of timid you know, guy pressing the shock button at Cybronica's urging. I think that's great as well. Uh, I really enjoyed this song and I really like the subject matter. And maybe go back and read the Wikipedia article on the Milgram experiment. But, you know, it was it was just fun. I liked the song a lot. Yeah, you could do more than just the, uh, the Wikipedia article. If you go into archive.org, and just type in like Milgram obedience to authority. Uh, it's the first film that pops up. Milgram is spelled M I L G R A M. So yeah, I would, I would highly recommend people do that. It's uh, it's the original 1965 film uh, about the experiment from the experimenters, and it's it's kind of fascinating. Let's see. The Milgram experiments, you know, helped to change the face of psychological research, uh, much like the like Stanford prison experiments and like those examples, plus the Tuskegee syphilis study and more kind of led to this revolution in medical and psychological ethics standards when it came to research. The Milgram experiments were disturbing and I can only condemn them. But at the same time, they're fascinating. And I think that everybody should understand them. This is perhaps the most theatrical song of the group, I think. And just kind of like maybe the main song from The Obedience to Authority, the musical. <laughs> you know, the the second most fucked up musical ever. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but, but yeah, this might be the, the, the big takeaway song from it. This song has amazing performances, really, really great stuff. And it's ambitious and unpleasant to listen to, too. It kind of reminds me of that opera, The Dialogue of the Carmelites, where the end is punctuated by repeated slams of a guillotine blade. You know, it's like beautiful music, very interesting sort of uh, tale and everything like that, but it's so unpleasant. So it's a bit of a mix. Uh, it's impressive, and I kind of don't want to listen to it again. You know, it's, it's just disturbing. All right, uh, let's move on to Max Bombast. What are the odds? 
two Milgram experiment songs in a row alphabetically, uh, one right after the other in the same Narine round. It's kind of unreal, I think. Uh, this is great stuff. Obviously, I was wrong with my theory about him maybe doing a cappella this whole Narine because, you know, you could obviously hear the drums and the bass and the guitar, and it's all good. I'm glad that he is, you know, using the instrumentation that he's using because, you know, whatever he's doing, it's sounding great. It's a wonderful song, and this guy is just a master, you know, just crazy talented. I love the drum sound in this. They just sound yeah. really good. I don't know how he gets such a great drum sound. I don't know if he's playing the drums or if he just has the world's best drum samples. They sound great. The vocals are great. The bass is great. And, you know, this is a more listenable song about the, the Milgram experiment. And I really love that line. You think they're testing me, but they're testing you. They're trying to find out exactly what a man will do. Great line. There's a lot of great lyrics in this song. You know, it's, it's one thing to write lyrics that rhyme and kind of flow and, you know, sort of work in the title. But it's another thing to write sort of clever lyrics that tell a story that have some effective and memorable lines in them. And I think he does a great job on the lyrics, a great job on the production, a great, great job on the vocals. This is just a great song. This is one of my favorites of the fight. There's a reason that he's won Neurine twice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that leads us into Marisol. You want a shock? I'll give it to you. You never wanted to stop the current running so hot. I'll see you watching, you're waiting to see. Just how far this will go. Will you stay for the show? Violent victim of the bloodshed. Where do you draw the line? Powerless to the disease. Don't ever shut your eyes. Which is another super strong song. Um, Lunkhead knows how to make rhythm guitars that just pump me up. And these also sound really good. Panned left, panned right. Killer fuzz tone. Great rock rhythm guitar playing. Aaron's voice is so good and so cool. This just rocks really hard. The simple dynamic devices like having a breakdown where it's just the drum and bass are really effective. I don't know why more people didn't do stuff like that. And, you know, they some people kind of messed up their songs trying to go crazy with the dynamics, but these simple sort of devices work really good and they're effective. Uh, as far as complaints go, I thought the lyrics were a little bit vague. They're good, but they're they're not great. And, you know, and I think I'm just comparing them with the lyrics from the song before them, which may be not fair but they're just not quite as good. And, you know, I have the same complaint with the last song, is that parts of Aaron's vocals and some of the good parts of Aaron's vocals are just not loud enough. Like, there's the end of the bridge where Aaron is belting out this line, you pay any price. At what I imagine is the top of her range, and, you know, it's that's like where her vocals are the most quiet, which just seems wrong. It's like overshadowed by the electric guitar. It's a powerful part of the song, and you just can't hear it that well. Well, that's a pretty minor complaint for a song that's really good. Huh. Um, I, huh. I'm kind of at a loss here. I thought that the vocals were maybe a little too loud. I, I was kind of searching around for anything to say about this, and then I heard it again on the listening party, and I'm like, oh, wait, the vocals seem a little loud to me in comparison to the drums and the guitar. Maybe I can write that down on my thing, too. So, uh... 
So I don't know. It might just be that uh, the YouTube sound quality is different than the regular. I'll have to uh, take another listen to it. But either way, again, this is me searching around for anything even vaguely critical to say about this song. I'm going to make that heart comparison again. This one, not so much, but it just just in that it's uh, really wonderful lead vocals, you know, rockin' rhythm section. Then I just thought the, the mixing might have been a little weird uh, with the vocals too loud and the drums too soft. It, it kind of doesn't matter if the vocals are a little too loud because the vocals are the star of this song, obviously. But, you know, a little, some balance. And I might be wrong, too, as we've just learned from Chumpy. Weird. Yeah, maybe oh. we just perceive things slightly differently. I did like the bridge. I thought it was a great part of the song. She does some kind of doo-doo-doos at the start of the bridge that are harmonized, and they sound super pretty. She should do some more pretty backing vocals for her own stuff because it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the guitar work was great, too. Yeah, Lunkhead's a master. Yeah, yeah. All right, next we got Mike Lamb. You wake up early in the afternoon and you do your makeup, put your fancy clothes on. You come alive when you turn the camera on. Try to utilize your education, but they only talk about your situation. So you show a little bit of skin to buy some time. Been a while, haven't seen you online. Can't get through on your cell phone line When will you do another show? We miss watching you squirm I was really glad to hear such a big improvement over the round zero uh, effort. This one sounds good. It sounds really good. The thing is, though, I, I don't know anything about Eugenia Cooney, who I believe is who this song is about and i'm really reluctant to rabbit hole myself into some goddamn social media bullshit so (laughs) not interested in researching that anymore than i've already done which was just like touching on it and going like oh this is some some i don't even know what social media people are called but it's dark yeah yeah and uh, and not a great job at the dynamics, I don't think, either. Not at least not as well as a lot of the other bands did. So better than round zero, but still against this big competition, you know, I, it's it's going to be hard to rank it very high. Yeah, he's going to be slugging it out at the, uh, the low end of the scale. Yeah. I mean, I did hear him try to get some dynamics, like... The acoustic that he plays in the beginning is played pretty delicately and pretty quietly in the verse. And the percussion is just a, is it a cajon? I can never pronounce that. Cajon? I think the J is a H sound. Cajon? Maybe. I have no idea. Can we edit me saying that in perfectly later? (laughs) I'll I'll do Google. Uh, (laughs) See if you get MC Hawking to say it for me. But anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it plays nicely. It's got a quiet vibe in the verses, which I like. Um, this is a sad story, and I, I like sad songs, but this is also a little bit depressing. I, I like the harmonies that are that come in on later choruses, which is a really nice touch. I, I feel like the singing is heartfelt, which I admire for somebody who writes a serious, sort of sad, heartfelt song. That heartfelt feeling is a little bit undercut by the bloopy synth drums, which I think sort of spoiled that mood that he was going for. But, you know, they do add a little bit more dynamics, so that's something. 
Uh, and, you know, this song has a, a lot of what I want from songs in this competition. A good take on the title, a thoughtful application of the challenge, some interesting lyrics, and some music that I can jibe with. And this has most of those things done reasonably well. But yeah. it's not the strongest entry in the fight, but it's definitely a step up from his round zero entry. So mad props for that. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about Mousehole. Just fail me, how did these racist cunts, sons, how come to represent me? When did we become the Onassis? How did that happen? When did we become the Onassis? How did that happen? So, am I shocked by the C word on a delay going over and over again? Maybe not. I'm more, like, annoyed by that. That is in reference to a politician in Australia who is named Pauline Hansen, who I guess is, you know, a version of Trump or a Trump-like figure with, you know, thinly veiled racism and anti-immigrant policies. So she's probably not a shining example of humanity, but Ray undercuts his anti-racism message with some casual misogyny. So, you know, there's that. Um, this is not my favorite song of Mouse Holes. It's slow, it's ponderous, it's political, it's dramatic. It's about politics that I don't really understand. It's definitely not my cup of tea. Barring the kind of, you know, gender-specific insults, which which might be a cultural thing. I mean, I, I'm not going to be an apologist, but really if occasionally we've been known in the past to throw around the word, you know, MFers, uh, you know, that's also gender specific. And maybe his, I don't, I don't know what things are like in Australia. But anyhow, okay. But yeah, again, I'm not going to apologize for his use of a, a word that I don't think, you know, belongs. Maybe we are shocked by this. Maybe. I'm not going to do any more virtue signaling. Um, <laughs> and I'm just going to flat out. I suspect out condemn, your motives. <laughs> I'm going to just flat out condemn gender specific insults. There's, there's no need for them. Anyhow. Uh, okay. But I liked this song other than that more and more, the more that I listened to it. And I know that he recorded this under really tricky conditions, but I don't think that he should get extra consideration for that in the ranking. But honestly, I, I, I'd be surprised if he needs it because this is a strong song on its own, I thought. I don't like the siren in it that he uses, but I like pretty much everything else. It's a bit of a one-finger song, but uh, unlike the Frankie Big Face entry, you know, this one has more lyrics and singing. Instead of talking about terrible, terrible things happening, it's complaining about neo-Nazis, and I can get behind that. I think we can all get behind that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up is Nick Soma. So I'm bleeding all over your table and floor. But to get your attention has never been harder before. 
This was, I thought, by far the best use of dynamics in this sure. whole in this whole round for any from anybody. It startled me. This song startled me and shook me. And otherwise, I think the song is okay. But the song is like a theme park ride, you know, in the best way imaginable. You know, you're listening, and that guitar part comes in, and it's not out of place in the song. But you're like, holy shit, what the hell was that? You know. <laughs> Like and it's like every goddamn time that I've listened to it too. And uh, again, the rest of the song is good enough, you know. But how often do songs shake you, you know? So that's why I'm going to rate this song unusually high. The rest of the song is good. The lyrics are good. The performance is great. But the choices that he made for the dynamics are fantastic. Really creative, and that's what I was hoping someone would do is something really creative with the challenge. So props, props to Nick for getting that right. Like, there's a synth swell, too, like that I think happens before the guitar swell. And then yeah. there's like a little ding of a glockenspiel after it, which is totally cool. Yeah, the synth swell is also, you know, I thought it was good, but it might be a little, huh? But then the guitar comes and you're like, holy, and, and it, it starts in a great place and then it ends a little short and it's not wrong. I don't know. It's so hard to explain, but, uh, but of course, everybody's listening to it anyway, but uh, it impressed the hell out of me. Me too. And I think like that synth swell, you're like, you get it. It's like, okay, Nick Soma, you gave me a little bit of dynamics. I'm ready for that. I'm cool with that. And then the guitar swell comes and you're like, holy cow, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Uh, I think the bridge of the song is my favorite part musically. It's got some good melodies and music that I liked. It's pretty uh, hard for me to sort of get with the music thematically through the first like three listens or so that I've heard it. I think there's a lot more going on that I'm really hearing. I mean, I read the lyrics and I know it's about someone with borderline personality disorder. And the shocking thing is how they, you know, they have to shock people to get them to sort of feel the same things that they're feeling and how difficult it is for the people who live and love them. And so, yeah, there's a lot going on as usual. This is a pretty deep song from Nick. I just wish more of it was on the surface for me to get. I think I'm going to have to listen to it more to appreciate those parts, but I think there's more there to get. Okay, let's talk about Paco Del Stinko. A London fog with the gash down the middle A flash flash vision in the blink of an eye I tell you why I do it But I know very little
dude, I knew Paco would kill this challenge. Like, because he regularly impresses me with his song fight songs, uh, with his appreciation of dynamics. Like, he can drop his voice to a whisper, he can play the drums, like, really quietly, and then just have things explode like he does on this line, uh, But I Feel So Alive, with full guitars, drums, and bass, and a ripping guitar solo, and then he can take it all down again, and it's just a Paco whisper singing, and then very lightly playing the his instruments. And he can play his guitar quietly, he can play the drums quietly, and then he can build them, and he's just really good at dynamics. And Paco had an interesting take on the title as well. I don't know if you got this, but this is about a flasher who gets a thrill and a charge out of exposing himself to people and getting their reactions. I mean, it's a creepy, interesting take on the title. It's got great dynamics, and it's a fun theatrical song. This is one of the better theatrical songs, I think. Yeah, I, th I thought this was so good. It's I thought it was very much a headphones song. You know, first I heard it on speakers, and it's good, but... You know, having Paco whispering into your headphones is is something else. You know, really <laughs> About flashing really people and how much it like thrills him. Like, I did, you know, I didn't even get that. I, I got to pay more attention when I'm reading the lyrics. So, uh, so I, I don't doubt you at all. But it starts out sounding a little spooky, you know, with a, oh, now it makes sense. Oh God damn it! Okay, <laughs> so, now now I'm like, no, it's not spooky. It's something else. I guess. It. Okay. Yeah, it's pervy spooky. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a, a it's a weird scenario, and it sounds spooky. Some of the music, and then but then it moves into a more kind of typical Paco up tempo territory during the chorus, and the transitions are great because he varies them a little bit from a verse to verse, and then you know his drum work is just amazing. Yeah. You know, just re he's got that nice touch. You know, just right at the right points and it, it all sounds really organic and uh yeah i i was really really impressed with this song great great stuff yeah, he's a great musician yeah all right next we've got rachel lane And I honestly don't have much in the way of notes about this song. You know, it's uh, there's there's not much to say about a strong song with a wonderful performance. You know, I, I don't have any notes about how I would have done this or that differently. You know, it's a lovely voice. And it's a great song, good dynamics, and I got I got not much to say about it. I thought it was good. That was really good. Yeah, I I thought this was a strong vocal performance, but. What I really liked about it is her swagger and attitude she had in her vocal performance. Just totally loving that. There's, uh, you know, at one point she goes, ha, after she says something. And, you know, it's just she's got a growl to her voice, which yeah. I haven't heard before, that yes. I think is really good. Yeah. And uh, there's this, like, one part, which is after, I think, the second chorus, where she just goes, yeah. And it's like almost like that, you know, that who, yeah, that they use in that detective show or that 
Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really, it's a great, yeah. It's probably the best, yeah, I've heard in Songfight. Yeah. Slash Nurine. But yeah, really good. And you know, I'm so pumped up by that, yeah. The solo that follows it is a bit of a letdown in comparison. <laughs> so, uh, and the, the ending is abrupt, but honestly, it's abrupt in a great way. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really dug this song. This was great. All right, next up we've got Rain Watt. Does it feel good to be one of the good ones? I bet the paycheck's not bad and you get lots of offers to put yourself I really loved Rain's Round Zero song, and I have to say, I think I really love his Round One song. The dynamics are obvious, so that's just a check. We don't really need to talk about that, but the song has a lot more than just that. It's got great guitars, great melodies, but a biting, intense condemnation of this conservative columnist Chad Felix Green. And it's just wow. So Chad Felix Green is this gay conservative columnist who apparently sells out the gay community on the regular, if I'm reading these lyrics correctly. Like, does it feel good to play the part of their gay best friend to a group of people who would happily see me eaten alive? You give the power to the lies that would kill us. But you own your own house. You own a dog. Why would you give a fuck? It's like none of that rhymes, but it sounds great in context. And it's biting. It's like intense. This is a really good track. And I think Rain, she just kills it on this one. The first few times I heard the song and read the lyrics, I totally misunderstood them. But it turns out, you know, kind of like the Mike Lamb song, this one is, yeah, about some social media basket case. In this case, uh, a self-loathing douchebag pundit. And uh, just like with Mike Lamb's song, I think I was wise to avoid prodding that beach rubble. Uh, yeah, that's a Sappho reference. Anyway, it's great lyrics, great song, and I wish I'd sort of kept my obtuse misunderstanding instead of learning about that, you know, cancerous imbecile and just utter tool. So this might have fit in better with uh, the next round, the round two song, which is going to be a diss track. Uh, I hope that she... I don't know how she'll up her game for that, but... Well, you know, she didn't use enough uh, profanity. I don't think she used enough profanity. (laughs) Could be more. This one. Yeah, so she might... uh, I I hope that she ups it in the next one. Yeah, but the profanity she did use was great. Why would you give a fuck? Absolutely. Just dynamite lyrics. Yeah. Uh, But I wish you hadn't taught me that. (laughs) About (laughs) that awful person. No, not you. I mean, I mean, Green. Oh, yeah. 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 Terrible. Oh, but, uh, but I'm sorry, I, just, I don't want to end it with saying terrible. It's a wonderful, <laughs> amazing song. But terrible. That I loved. It's a terrible uh, subject. I don't know how Rain Watt will ever get a low rating from me. You know, she'd have to, I don't know, maybe just not submit. And then I'd still feel really bad and probably rate her to ensure that we'd hear more songs from her. You know, it's, Her it's dead just... air is amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, wonderful stuff, and I can't get enough of her. So, yeah. Okay, so next, the Sunday Colors. You don't 
chance to say to me But that hasn't slowed you down from trying Just once I wish you'd communicate sparingly Though armed with best intentions you have always evil underlying Is it too much to ask for, too much to ask for to ask for and I'm too young to ignore it now the time has slipped away and it's gone 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 and it's gone 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 and I won't be back for more and it's gone 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 and it's gone 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 and I won't be back for more I like this a lot you know it's got the busy guitar and the great lyrics Again, it's like I feel like you could be suspicious about them because the lyrics are so good. You know, it's a, it's a great song, really put together well. It's kind of hard to pull off the dynamics part in a G and G song like this, but I think he does an admirable job. You know, not not amazing in terms of dynamics, but he certainly met the challenge anyway. But yeah, this song is fabulous. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing. It is hard in a G&G song to make the dynamics come through, but he really plays his heart out at the end. He's really strumming the crap out of that thing. So give him points for trying. And you, you can hear it. It adds a nice bit of energy to the song towards the end when he does it. I feel like it pumps him up a little bit. Anyway, it's, it's cool. I'm not super happy with the title usage, and I don't want to go on this rant again. But I will say that the word gone appears 36 times in this song. <laughs> okay, that's just all I'm saying on that. Uh, the performances are solid. The writing is strong. Eventually, though, I worry that it's not going to be enough to keep him above water as the competition gets rougher. But it's going to be great while he's here. I, I love his songwriting. I'm, I'm fascinated by his songs. So, Yeah. I, I like the song a lot. Yeah. Okay, next up we've got Third Cat. Those days would surprise me I never knew what I'd see Head fed in the backseat And clever too And kiss her feet Now I feel Nothing's new Just no sharp And I was wondering, is Third Cat playing the drums on this? They sound pretty good, but they also sound pretty organic, and the timing seems suspiciously human. So this is pretty and soothing, and I feel like Third Cat's clean vocals sound particularly nice on this song. I mean, they're mixed with some processed vocals, and there are some other processed vocals, but I feel like he may have like more singing confidence on this song than he's had in some other songs, and that confidence sounds good. Third Cat uses dynamics in an ordinary but perfectly fine ways, like, you know, having a verse with just guitar and vocals and then adding more instruments that kick in later in the chorus. Uh, it's a safe choice, doesn't mess up the song, so good job. I love Third Cat's spacey breakdowns, and I really like the bass in this. It's this really nice, deep, rich, like, sub-bass, and there's great dynamic swells in the ending, and there's this heavenly chorus pad that I like at the end. It's especially nice, and it quiets up towards the end. Yeah, I enjoyed listening to the song, and um, I was pretty happy with it. 
I thought it was a surprise to hear it from Third Cat. You know, the the guitar strumming in the very beginning and like that instantly appealing vocal melody it was sort of a different sound from them. And then they kind of consciously derail that groove for the chorus. And that's very, very interesting. If, if I was going to try and do something like that in Logic, I would switch drummers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it like they'd have a different set and a different sound between the two, but not just that. Like one might have a little swing and the other one would be directly on the beat. You know, just just a very interesting whatever the heck they did. They're always kind of very new and innovative, and I always really, really appreciate that from them. You know, it's like listening to these guys is like looking at a Magritte or an Escher painting. You know, I... I know like there's this overall appeal of the image, but then there's always other stuff going on inside it. And uh, I think these guys are real artists. I'm yeah. really impressed. And just for the record, when Ryan says they, he's referring to third cat and his two other cats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Ujin Hunter and Friends. I thought it was a neat song. There's definitely good dynamics in it. Not as appealing as last week's entry, but it's still great stuff. There's uh, an alarming change in mood at the end, which I also kind of like. You know, that was really neat. It's a good submission, just a really good submission. And we've heard some of their stuff in Song Fight. And uh, I hope they don't take it wrong if I suggest that the band itself has improved a lot in a relatively short time, at least if my memory serves. Because uh, I think they're sounding really good, really polished, and uh, the vocals are great. And yeah, I'm just I'm just impressed. Me too. I really love like how it's like all acoustic guitar, and then this electric guitar comes crashing in on the left channel, and it just like crashes in, and then everything's electric, and the uh, acoustic guitar is you know dispelled, and then the guitars sound rich and full when the electric guitars come in. Like, Ujin really knows how to make stereo panned electric guitars sound good. The song's a little bit slow to get going, and I think it takes well over a minute for the metal-slash-punk vocals to kick in. And when they do, they're pretty cool. Like, I'm not super happy again with the dual title usage of Bend the Knee and Shock Value, and the connection with Shock Value seems pretty tenuous and tacked on at best. But this song has great dynamics and it is heavy as fuck, so I, I like it for that. All right, and finally, we have Vowel Sounds. Two girls, one cup, the ride of spring. Feel 
I'm not sure that anyone has ever sung Two Girls, One Cup as prettily as Owl does here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love all of the references to shocking art in music, and I especially love the ones that I get. Like, oh, you know, you know, it's Unshane Andalou, which of course I only know from the Pixie song, Don't Know About You, But I Am Moon. And the song Flower by Liz Fair, which probably makes me still blush every time I hear it. You know, it's a pretty nice song. It has some nice dynamics and a great heavy ending, and it ends on a soft, pretty note. This is this is a nice song. Some of it feels a little bit listy. Like, here's a list of shocking art in music. I don't think I mind, though. Let's see. I'm going down this list. Okay, so we've, we've heard of Two Girls, One Cup. The Rite of Spring, when they first performed that ever, it caused riots. I didn't know. Uh, I, I mean, I knew about the Stravinsky piece, but I didn't know that there was some theater and some choreography that went along with it that was shocking. I think that it was the music itself really? that caused the, that resulted in the rioting. Like people were kind of outraged at uh, at it. You know, it's it's kind of hard to imagine it these days. But yeah, so that's why that's included. The Piss Christ is by uh, an artist named Andre Serrano. It was a big deal at the time. It's a uh, <laughs> conservatives hated it. Yeah. I loved it just yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. And Gigi Allen, I don't know much about, but I know he's like a, a shocking performance artist. Yeah, a lot of gross bodily fluids in Gigi Allen performances. Yeah. And then the uh, Unshane Andalou with uh, the very specific reference to that scene in it. I am uh, moon. <laughs> Slicing up eyeballs. I want you to know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought this was a great, great song with great, great lyrics. Um, and uh, the the vocal performance is super, super duper strong. Just really, really good. The the one kind of criticism I have is is probably what you could guess. You know, it's it's hard to keep me engaged at a slower tempo like yeah. that. And uh, having said that, though, there's there's also something about the very, very last chord of the song that's that's just like transcendent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it it's kind of this, it seems like a surprising turn. Either that or I've just forgotten uh, what, you know, a previous part of the song sounds like. But it's just a, just perfect. Yeah, it's just a perfect ending to that song. Yeah, there's a lot of really exceptional female vocalists in Neurine this time around. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, I think that's it for the list. Do we have any sort of closing comments? Do you, you haven't figured out your rankings yet have you no but we can talk about which songs we think are great and they're probably going to be in the top bucket oh yeah yeah definitely so abominominous for sure agony sauce berkeley social scene is towards the bottom of the top bucket but i feel like they belong there mandibles i think they're sort of i don't know maybe they're the top of the middle bucket or sort of near the bottom of the top bucket max bombast definitely high up there maybe number one for me uh, Marison, really high up there. Rachel Lane and Rain Watt, really high up there. So yeah, it's yeah. crowded at the top. Yeah, 
I, while I was going through, I tried to put them in the, the kind of buckets that we did. So I have like a, a high, high, a high, mid, a mid, mid, low, et cetera, going down from that. And in the, the high, I've got four and that's Abominominus and Max Bombast. And let's see what else we got. Oh, Nick Soma uh, and Rain Watt. And those are, those are kind of my four that are going to be battling it out in those places. After that, it gets muddy again because there are so many really, really, really good songs. Three are going to be eliminated, and I don't think that's good. I, I don't think that's fair. I think that uh, everybody, to some extent or another, brought it. Yeah. Uh, well, it does mean, mean that we'll be reviewing less songs next time. That's true. That's true. Just 20 next time. Still a lot. And maybe we can do to... a less of a half-assed job next time. Ah, uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we only had a day. <laughs> to listen uh, yeah yeah no this is going to get easier and easier and easier so keep on bringing it obviously everybody's doing a wonderful job so all you competitors out there are going to have to really 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 work hard every goddamn round it's not safe alright I want to give a special shout out to the new ugly our sister podcast cousin podcast second cousin remove podcast <laughs> The, the other Nurain podcast, the original Nurain podcast, uh, The New Ugly, uh, with Grumpy Mike, also known as Manhattan Glutton, and his colleague Ben, I believe. Who is a civilian. Who is a civilian. He is not competing in Nurain or Songfight, uh, to the best of our knowledge, and doesn't have quite as much musical performing background as my understanding. I believe that he's a pretty talented vocalist. I know he's spoken a lot about his years of vocal coaching and what bothers him in hearing other vocalists. So I've always found his commentary to be pretty insightful and interesting, along with Grumpy yeah. Mike. So uh, yeah. I listen to their podcast every time it comes out, and I'm always excited when I see it on the boards. Yeah, so turn off our podcast, never come back, and go to the new Ugly uh, available on whatever platforms, um, whatever quality uh, podcasts are given away for free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> available at quality podcast platforms and also Songlander. That's right. Podcast.songlander.com. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it. Anything else? I don't think so. Do you have any, uh, shout outs or thank yous? Shout out to Nivius. Thanks for doing such a great job of getting everything turned around so quickly and cleanly and uh, doing just a great job and hard work to make sure that Narine comes together. Uh, so really uh, appreciate and admire you for all of that. Also want to give a shout out to my husband. Thank you for all the love and support and the patience. And, uh, and that's about it. Cool. I would like to give a shout out to Brooks and Travis, a.k.a. Spintown, our other judges for, you know, just being fun people to hang out with and talk about Narine with. So I was really happy to, to read all of their reviews. Well, I thought all of them had pretty insightful things to say. So thanks, guys. It's been fun. One last last shout out to Brian and to Alice. If you're actually listening to these, wh why? What are you doing? <laughs> you should be writing songs right now. Yeah, your time is more valuable than this. So, uh, but not not the rest of you losers, just Alice. But yeah, so. I would also like to thank Sarah for putting up with me and 
You know, she has headphones on right now in the living room, and she's probably thinking, it's so late. Why aren't you in bed? <laughs> but yeah, that's a good, uh, a good idea. So maybe we should sign off. All right. That's it. See you guys on the... Wait, Ryan, why don't you do the catchphrase? Here you go. I, I, it doesn't have to be... A, I don't even know where I got it. I, it might be from Rick and Morty or something. <laughs> but we will catch you on the flip Flippy Flop. flop.